So welcome everybody today to the main event. We're really, really lucky to have our first time. We've had two people featured on our main event. So we have uh, uh, Marsha and Alina Gallen, who are, well, actually, Alina, I get to know her a little bit. She is a four foot two inch dynamo. She's just, she's just awesome. She's, I think a graduate student now at Quinnipiac University. She was diagnosed with a rare genetic disease, MPS, when she was actually 20 years ago, probably now. So uh, her story is so inspirational. We're so excited to bring it to pediatric patients today. So I want to say welcome to both of you. Thank you for having us. So we just watched a brief clip of Elena singing at Carnegie Hall. Okay, mm -hmm. now that's like, you, you know, the old joke, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. You have to have a great story. How did you get to Carnegie Hall? Well, um, I all my life, I just, I always had that desire, that voice uh, to inspire people um, in my singing. And it was my passion and something that, uh, it wasn't taken away from me and something I could share with others to get back. And so I went on Paramount and I went and I sent online. in a, online and mm -hmm. sent in a clip without me knowing, without you knowing. Without me knowing. And I wrote up, a, uh, well, actually I used one of the stories that we had written up before. And I added a little more about how passionate I was about singing. And so I, I was like, yeah, I probably won't get it. And then all of a sudden I got a call back and I said to mama, I got it, I got it, I got a call back. So we went to the city. I don't remember where it was, it was at the, but in the, in the 50s. Yeah. yeah, and so we went there and I all of a sudden felt this huge rush in my body. And <laughs> I just knew this was actually real, that it was gonna be my Carnegie moment. And so I went in front of the producers I told my story, I told them like it was, and I started singing The Climb, which was a song that I've been singing since I was, since I could ever sing, probably eight years mm -hmm. old. And so that's a song that I always sang at different events, at charities, and it was about uh, that you have to keep moving on in life and that no matter what obstacle you face, you just got to keep going and keep fighting. And so I sang that song with all my heart. And before I knew it, two days later, they said, you got it. And you're going to be featured in the Florence Foster Jenkins movie trailer. Mm -hmm. And I got to sing at Carnegie Hall. And yeah, and when we went there, I, I just... I couldn't believe it. Uh, and the moment I walked on that stage, I definitely was in total shock. And I, it was my home. I knew it. And I just started singing. It was amazing. And, and so, I was taking out. So, so Marsha, you adopted Elena when she was just three years old. When yeah. did you first realize that she had this talent to perform I mean, it's not every kid that is comfortable getting up in front of a crowd, no, right? Absolutely. Um, I, <laughs> that's a good question. I think because she had so many issues and she was diagnosed seven weeks 
um, after she got home from, we adopted her from Russia, I made a decision to, to um, focus on all the things and passions and loves that she had. And one of them was singing. She always sang. So I got her into music school. Um, she started taking lessons. Um, but it didn't start there. We just saw, I, I was saying I was singing from morning to night. She was singing all then, the time. And I sang to her yeah. and she even liked it, which yeah. is really frightening. You know, it was scary. Um, but then the radio scene, that's where it started. Oh, so, well, that's true. But yes, yeah. and the, well, the Radio City, I got involved with uh, different um, organizations and um, um, the Garden of, Dreams. Garden of Dreams and Make-A-Wish. And so through Garden of Dreams, um, they had a, um, they were doing a fundraiser at Radio City and Elena got to perform there. And I, and she's right, she was like five, I think. Was six, no, it was eight. Eight, I don't know. <laughs> all mixed up. I'm so confused. But I, yeah, it was eight years old. She, she had a costume and she went, she, it was like the most incredible thing. She was comfortable in her own skin. She got up at that point. I think you were already taking voice lessons. No, I didn't. No, she wasn't taking no. voice lessons. Okay. So she got up and, and uh, saying, this is me. Miley Cyrus. No, Demi Lovato. I'm not up on my thing. I forgot. That's true. And and it was just like unbelievable watching her. It was like, and and I knew right there, like, you know, it was just a gift that she had and um, it made her happy and um, she was great. And I get, you're right. That was the, be that was that the was real the beginning. beginning. That yeah. was, that was the beginning. Yeah. And from then on, she started taking voice lessons. Um, she participated in, uh, we did a lot of uh, lecturing. She sang in front of groups. She sang on um, the, the uh, what was it, the terrace? The um, Tribeca Rooftop. There were a thousand people there. I mean, yeah, I, I was like shaking. <laughs> so I would stand there and she would be singing and I'd be shaking like this the whole time because I, I was like shaking for her. She was perfectly fine. And, Too much um, confidence. Yes, a lot of confidence, and um, and that's where where it all where began. It all began. So you know, as a casual observer sitting here watching the two of you talk, you you do know you finish each other's sentences, right? <laughs> <laughs> which which yeah, I guess. Which which is kind of funny because then it led into TLC got in touch with you to be in the second season of Smothered. How the heck did that come about? <laughs> that was my fault too. <laughs> oh my God. So um, I, guess I was in college and mama had- She wasn't said, even home. I thought yeah. that's the end of her. Like I'm free at last, you know, like <laughs> at last. I made her go away to school. She told everybody I kicked her out. I was so happy she was doing well. And then she comes home and she's, she no first you sent me the link I, oh, yes. it was me i was yes. getting all these links for stuff and i i sent it to her i don't know i just sent it and so i looked at it and i was like i was at that time i was trying to find an internship and i was like 
And I kind of was like, I want to do something with my life. I definitely want to be on TV. I want to be able to inspire people, make a difference, make that impact. But I just didn't know how. And so uh, when I saw the link, I said, oh, mother, this is interesting. And so we look alike even though I'm adopted. And so I said, this is perfect. And so automatically during my tons of 21 credits of schoolwork, I paused and I was like, I started doing the application. I filled out how close we were, um, how we like dressed alike, walked alike, talked alike from the moment we met and we knew it was destiny. And so then um, when I came home that weekend- They interviewed us. No, we got the call and I said, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. And I ran into your room, right? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> and I said, we got and I it. knew it was it. something. She said, guess what? And I'm like, oh, no. Like, now what? <laughs> I said, oh, this is going to be something. And she says, we got it. We got it. And I'm like, got what? And uh, and we got the call. She back. said, we're going to be on TV. And it was like, oh, you got to be kidding. She said, no, he's going to call and they're going to interview us. I did everything on an interview that would have made you not have me on TV. Everything I could think of were, I I want her independent. I won't do anything stupid. I'm keeping my clothes on. You know, I'm not <laughs> touching her. It's not happening. So I figured that was the end of it. So I was fine. And then what was it? A couple of days later, yeah. she gets a phone call. Again. And it was actually when I lost my voice. She was to I lost my voice, and so I was supposed to have a vocal surgery. And they said, "No, no, it's okay. We're we're gonna cap you anyway." And so that's how the whole journey started. Well, the feedback, and, the feedback from your season was phenomenal. Yeah. It was. I mean, did you expect to get that kind of reaction from people? How how much they appreciated you sharing, you know, a little bit of your life with them? Um. It's been kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, they, they well, what was interesting was that the driving scene. It was yeah, you driving, got bashed. It was, I, I knew it. Like, she, we were driving, like, for three hours. But she had a driver's license. Since I was 17. And they were, like, screaming at me, why didn't I get her lesson? What was wrong with me? What kind of mother? I mean, and I'm laughing. She had a license she was, since she was 17 years old. And she was backing up, and she wouldn't stop. And I got, like, annoyed at her, as usual. And that's yeah. what they, of course, put put on on yeah. uh, TV. And the filming was done in a funeral home, which is really funny. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the parking lot, not in the in funeral. the parking lot, but still it's a funeral. Yeah. Home. It was an experience. Yeah. Like it, it was like it was definitely smothering. Yeah. I left one of the um, exposure, and she and people stop us all the time. To, they oh, yeah. still stop us. Oh, and yeah. I, I thought, mean, you know, oh, let, let's face it. You're you're pretty distinctive especially when the two of you are together. Yeah. You know, I, I, I got to ask this question. It's like, okay, so, you know, you were adopted at three from Siberia. So, so did you ever, do you have any recollection of, of Russia? Uh, I do remember um, the moments before, like the whole orphanage and being there and appreciating every little piece of food I had and, I remember um, when sitting on the steps and when actually I received a booklet of what my new home was gonna look like, pictures and my family. And the moment that my mama uh, and I 
were united, I called her mama instantly. And I knew it was just love at first sight. It was like destiny. And, Definitely. And um, she, was, she was in the orphanage a yeah. year and a half. And I used to, um, used to um, do a lot of work with uh, kids and uh, um, identifying what issues they had. So I went through so many, so many of them. And I saw her. There was something about her, but there was something that was, um, there was a look she had that bothered me. I sent it out to um, a so-called uh, expert in adoptees. He told me, no, she's perfectly fine. Came back seven weeks later, got, a, got the mess, got the, we went to um, sit down um, with the medical people at, at the hospital. And they told me she was peaking and then uh, she was, this is seven weeks later because I took it to a specialist in the city. They told me she was peaking and um, she would be going downhill and she would die. And that was the moment in my life that um, was turned upside down for us, for me. And um, it, was, it was a really difficult period. And she, Alana, just always had that smile. And um, our geneticist, Bob Marion, who we're really good friends with, um, I to this day, um, said, don't worry, there's an enzyme on the way. And um, because of his faith and he gave me the faith, I was able to deal with that. And, um, and um, she was the first one in the Northeast that got the enzyme replacement in, in um, Montefiore Hospital. She was seven and a half years old. And um, I, even back when, then she was like, oh, you know, um, I, I knew it was, it was an infusion and I'm in the car with her. She's like five. And I told her, you're gonna get medicine. It's gonna make you grow. You're gonna be big. And um, she, she's sitting there. She says to me, is it a shot or a pill? I like, no kid does that. Like, you know, they just don't ask that question. and. I think it was one of my, we were just talking about it. It was like one of my only lies to her. Not really. I just said, I didn't know. And of course I knew, you know, and, um, and, and we just, you know, took it from there. And, um, you know, this was a gift from God and she's going to live. And um, that's how I dealt with it. And that's how she dealt with it. It was normal. That became wow. our normal, normalcy in our, in our family. It was normal and she was going to live. So it was to life. Well, that's just such a lovely story, you know, how you knew the moment you saw her and, and Alana, you, you knew before you even met her that this was going to be life changing. And, you know, you shudder to think that if you were still in Siberia, if the enzyme opportunity probably never would have presented. Yeah, been, I would have been, been dead. Yeah. But she just, the minute she saw me. It was like, she just took off, like she's been with me. I've been there. It was like, you know, an old soul got into a car, never been in a car, sat down, like, you know, she's been there forever, got on planes, um, got went into restaurants. The other kids were running back. Uh, we were with four other families and she, they were putting the shoes by the door to go back to the orphanage. <laughs> and she was running around kissing everybody. But, um, she, it was, it was like, it was an incredible, it, it just was meant to be. It, it was meant to be, you know, and then, and then you, Marsha, you treated her just like any child and you got her involved in a lot of different activities. 
one of the things I was most impressed with is in the Girl Scouts, you earned a gold award. In yeah. Girl that's, that's, that's like the Eagle Scout of, for boys. The gold award for girls is the highest honor you can attain in Girl Scouts. So I, if you could share with me a little bit about your Girl Scout experience, I know you have a project usually that you do, the yes. final project, if you could tell us a little bit about that, and then talk about what it meant for you to be just one of the girls. Yeah, I'm, so I, of course, in schools, I never fit in. I was always the outcast. Um, I definitely uh, beat it to my own drums and, and dressed my own way. I was into singing. A lot of the girls were into sports. Um, I I guess I always had a smile on my face, even though I was bullied. Um, nobody, like people, I guess thought that I just was way too I would role play with her. Like I'd be the bully and I, I or she, you know, and I made her tough, like yeah. tough. Like, you know, they say, how come you're so short? She say, how come you're not so smart? So, I mean, that is what we did. And they just backed off from her. Yeah. And I think that it, it, it was very hard um, dealing with that, but it made me stronger at the end of the day because I knew that um, I had a purpose and I wanted to be able to be that role model for other people so that even people my size or someone different um, shouldn't be afraid to speak up and be um, able to um, just, I used to be the one in my troop 2299 that used to um, sell the most Girl Scout cookies. Um, I would sell over 500 boxes. And I'd have to carry and, them and yes. deliver them on, yes. on doll, like don't even ask. I'd go house to house from uh, teacher to teacher. And, from, and in yes. town, everybody in knew town. her. They'd all buy from Elena. And, and I worked in a uh, school and they of course all bought the cookies. We've had thousands of cookies, thousands. Did you have a project? Yes. So I, well, so I wrote a children's book. And of course with a little help with mama, um, her expertise with children. But it was about, it was called Differences Are Blessings. And it was about a tall giraffe, Kira, who's the opposite size of me. And so all the animal, animal um, country club um, animals would always call her name, tell her that, um, and so um, at the end, eventually everyone accepts her for being different. And so I, I guess I kind of made a twist in the story, but it also reflected about how I felt and about my life and what I went through. You've, you've already sang at Radio City, at Carnegie Hall, you've written books, you've won the gold award, you're a graduate student at Quinnipiac, you're- And I took the MBA. You've been on an, an international television show. I mean, my goodness, you've already accomplished so much. Do you have any bucket list items that you are aspiring to accomplish? Of course. <laughs> so right now I'm involved with Runway of Dreams. I'm doing um, Fashion Week uh, this September for modeling. So I'm really excited to start modeling. But I also one day wanna work towards having my own TV talk show. I think that it would be a 
perfect thing for me because I could be able to show other people and be that role model, advocate for other people. I think for the patients that are going to watch this, I, I say thank you on their behalf for sharing your story. Thank you.